Hello, hello, hello. What up, what up, what up? What's good? Happy yo, yo. Sabbath, happy Sabbath, happy Sabbath. Welcome to uh, Grace Community and to Temple of Praise. Yeah, yeah, How yeah. How y'all feeling? <laughs> I'm feeling good. Yo, I like that music. I like that build-up music, that little jazzy stuff that, that comes in. I was feeling that. Uh-huh. You were dancing? Were you dancing? What were you doing over there, Pastor? I just, uh, I'm like in a, like a, a little scooting chair so I can like move around. Oh, I'm going to get happier today. Oh, I'm telling oh, okay, y'all in okay, okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Before we hop in, we have a few things that we want to ask you to do. Okay. We want you to come on in and we want you to share this post. All right. We, we already know it's about to be great. We already know God's about to do something and we don't want you to keep this goodness to yourself. All right. So don't be selfish this afternoon. We want to invite you to share this right now have you guys shared it already if you have yes ma'am what you guys stop and share it all right all right i if started a watch already, party okay and the next thing we need you to do is go ahead and tell, tell us how you're doing in the comments tell us how you're doing in the comments so while they're talking about that how y'all doing i'm good i'm good i'm i'm um i don't know i i think that uh I miss, I miss like, I like, I'm, I just miss you guys. Let's be honest. I, I, I'm all the way in Oklahoma City. I miss y'all, yeah. man. <laughs> Listen, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Dana, Myron, I'm good. I'm feeling good. I'm getting a little, getting a little chilly here. But, um, you know, outside of that, I'm feeling, feeling good. Ready to, get, uh, ready to get into this thing. Have a good experience. I'm excited. Man, you 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 brought up a a sore spot for me, Nate. You said it's getting cold. Look. Is it? <laughs> hi, 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 Amina. Is it getting cold? Really? It was it was in the forties last night. Oh wow, man! It's eighty degrees here. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, happy Sabbath. Everyone is saying happy Sabbath. How are y'all feeling? Tell us in the comments how you're feeling. We want to know how you're feeling. Somebody says they're feeling under the weather. Uh, we will make sure we need to keep you in prayer. Lady Workman, um, everybody, we want to invite you to pray for her. And um, let me see how everybody else says that they are doing. Look like everybody seems to be doing well and is saying happy Sabbath. I want to uh, see. Who is that? Lady Workman, she's a look. She should be a. She is a top fan. I was just about to say, Lady Workman should be a top fan, and it's right there. She's a top fan. Hey, Myron, this should tell you everything you need to know. Amina Chambers said, "Hey, yes, I turned on my heat. That should let you know everything you need to know." She turned on her heat. Turned on her heat. I woke up this morning mad that I didn't turn on my heat. What? We were supposed to camp out last night in the backyard like we did last week, and we changed our minds to midnight hour and stayed on inside. So. It's, it's getting rough. <laughs> <laughs> is a top fan. Can we shout out all the top fans right now? I think Cheryl Drew is a top fan. Is she not? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. 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 That's yes. Nate's mama. Denise, Denise Portis is a top fan. Uh, all the top fans. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Hey, do y'all realize this is the first time we've been together on, on, on a live stream here for like ever? Like it's been a while. It's been a minute. Been forever. A minute. <laughs> forever. It has been a while. 
<laughs> hey, listen, and you know, the other thing is they need to have above their name. There needs to be either above their name, top fan, or they need to have above their name, sharer. See, like, we know if y'all sharing or not. Sharer. Y'all should be sharing. Mm. Yeah, it's like right over, right over Pastor Nate's name is sharer. Like, everybody should be sharing this right now so that somebody can be blessed. Let Let's y'all go, y'all. Be a sharer. Be a sharer. <laughs> be a sharer. <laughs> I like that. Be a sharer. All right. All right. All right. We just wanted to make sure that we said hi, saw how you guys were doing, and um, that made sure that you were a sharer. All right. Um, and a top fan. I think we should have a, a kind of a little competition to see who could be who could be the top fan and who could be the top sharer. And maybe we'll have some gifts uh, the next time you see us here uh, for some people that have top sharer and. You know, maybe we'll have some gift cards, or maybe uh, uh, Pastor Edmonds and uh, Pastor. No, I, I, I'm giving. I'm giving gifts now. I will give gifts. I will give copies of both of my books to for free to whoever is a top fan and a top share and a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a yeah top fan. I'm giving the top fans. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm giving All the top right. fans. All, All the top right. fans. I thought giving books to everybody that becomes a, a shirt. No, 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 <laughs> I think he said too. Uh, oh yeah, somebody said sharer and doer of the word. Exactly. Right. Yes. And that is exactly yes. what this is. A sharer yes. and doer. Yes. Yes. She she's working for her book. My my my. Hey, just inbox me if you want if you want a copy of both of my books, 40 Days Life Changing Family Worship and the Frustrated Leader. Just inbox me. Uh and I'll get you that. And you know what, Nate? Nate, what about your book, Pastor Nate? I know you have a book as well. <laughs> I, ain't, I, ain't trying to be, I ain't trying to be stingy. I'll, I'll throw mine in there as well. I, I don't I don't have multiple, but I'll throw my one hat in the ring. <laughs> come on, come on, brother. You become a top there. The same person <laughs> who gets it from uh, Pastor Edmonds will we'll get it from you. All is right. the same person you said? Or is it the same person? Same person. Whoever is a, whoever's a top All fan. Right. Top fans, well, yes. I'm hopping in. I'm hopping in. Before the end of the year, my you book will be out as well. Uh, no, no, I'm throwing in my book as well. <laughs> well, the end of the they're year. Getting books, they're getting books before everybody. They're getting books for everyone. So, all right. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. All right. It seems like everybody has shared. Everybody has uh, commented. We want you to comment. We want you to talk back to us. Um, we want to say hi to many of you may be watching. Um on your phones or wherever you're watching on your TV. Some people may be watching their TV. You're not commenting, uh, but we want to encourage you. If you're watching on your TV, grab your phone and still talk to us in the comments. Uh, we look forward to just talking to y'all uh, for a little bit today and just engaging. Uh, we're going to hop right in. I am going to just say goodbye and see you later to Pastor Drew, if that's all right. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to say uh, goodbye and see you later to Pastor Evans. <laughs> and um, now um, I just want to invite, I have a special guest or two special guests um, that I have here for this next segment of what we're going to be doing. All right. So I want to just call it how you doing. I want to do a little how you doing segment today. All right. And see how um, some of our people are feeling. I know one of the things that we have been missing is really being able to connect with each other. Right. To be able to see each other. I think so, I heard somebody in the chat say they've seen some people and talked to some people, but they miss 
kind of the engagement and being able to like connect with others. So I have some special people here um, who I want to introduce you to, and I'm going to bring them in and we're going to just see how they are doing. All right. So welcome, welcome, welcome to my two special guests all the way from, drum roll please, <laughs> Cleveland, Ohio. Woo! <laughs> Woo! All the way from Shaker. <laughs> all the way from Shaker. Uh, yeah. So we have um, Rochelle and Nyoka. Um, they are members at Grace Community. And so right now, uh, we just want to see how you guys are doing. We're going to chat with you all for just a little bit. Um, and I want you all in the chat. Y'all can chat with us. We all going to have one little conversation. We wanted to just kind of be able to check in with our members. All right. So we're going to check in and I'm going to ask a few questions um, to you guys. So first of all, I want to say hello and how are y'all doing? Hey, good afternoon. Um, you say hello? Hey. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk. I'm doing the best I can with what I got for today. Mm-hmm. All right, that's good. Okay, so, I, no, we want to say hi. So I see, um, I want to say, um, let me give a little context to my next question, all right? So both, this, your household is uh, covid surviving household, right? So there were two people in the house um, that, that got COVID. Rochelle, we know that you had COVID and we were, you know, praying for you. Our church family has been praying for you. And um, Big Mark, um, Nyoka, your husband also had COVID. So I know you kind of had a lot going on having to try and care, you know, care for the both of them and care for the household. And so, man, I want to ask y'all again, taking all of that into consideration. And, and I'm going to just, you know, we're just praising, you know, God that, you know, we were praying and he brought you through. Taking all that into consideration, how y'all doing again? Like with that, how y'all doing? So um, we're still, so one of the things we did learn and we're still learning is that even though you're no longer contagious, COVID wreaks havoc that lasts a lot longer. So while they are doing way better, my mom and both my husband are doing way better, they're still going through a lot of, ramifications and repercussions of mm -hmm. the after effects of the initial virus. So, mm -hmm. um, man, I think we've been at the hospital more between the two of them, um, but we're in a much better place today. And we thank God that the rest of us did not get COVID in the house, but um, it was a lot at yeah. one time. It was mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah, how about you, Rochelle? Um, it's, it's really been hard because I had to learn the definition of moderation. Um, I can't do what I used to do. The after effects they're saying can last anywhere from 12 to six months as far as trying to regain my energy and a cough. I have a cough that, um, <clears throat> just won't seem to go away, but it's one of the after effects because it attacks your internal organs. And sometimes it's just the respiratory. Sometimes it could be your heart. It could be any other organ. But for me, it has, because I have asthma, <clears throat> it has wreaked havoc on my um, lungs. Mm -hmm. Man, so y'all, I mean, that's been a lot that you have gone through, but I just want to insert in there that you are on a stream right now for us to be able to celebrate what God has brought you through. 
Correct. Um, the, right, right, right. That it was hard, but it didn't take you out. Is there anybody that's in the comments that just wants to celebrate um, with Rochelle right now that she's able to come here and just tell her testimony about how God brought her through, about what Amen. he did for her? Um, I know we came together as a church and just, you know, prayed on her behalf. And we just want to say thank you. I say thank you so much for agreeing, you know, just to come on here and just to let the people see your face. I said, man, I want to start this thing. And I said, who better to start off with? Let's uh, have you come on and just show your face and show the goodness of God. Just the fact that you're still here breathing with us. Right. Um, so when we think of Amen. This, right, this, this whole new space that we're in, right. And we think of, you know, church and a lot of things we're missing. I want to ask you a question. What's one thing? Because I mean, we all, well, I don't know. I know there are things about the church that in the past that I have complained about that now maybe wouldn't complain about. If I asked you, like, what's, is there something that about church before that was there that you may have complained about that you're like, oh man, I won't complain about that anymore? Is there anything that. <laughs> I miss the twins. I miss the fellowship. I never, I got an actual picture now of what it says forsake not the assembling of yourselves because mm -hmm. there's strength the world says there's strength in numbers but where you might be lacking somebody can encourage you or vice versa mm -hmm. and i do miss that opportunity um <clears throat> it's just put a face on a saying for me mm. got it agreed yes um, i miss you know i genuinely miss my church family like for real um like i said it was a lot um and i know that a lot of people reached out and they sent you know they sent messages they dropped stuff off they they did and i could feel the love in that aspect and i appreciate that but it's nothing like when somebody can come and just give you a hug, a hug. You know? yeah that <laughs> hug when you like i don't know you know yeah yeah so, yeah yeah. yeah, that yeah, that deep hug. I think that's everybody's missing that a lot now. The, the hugs, and you know, then you have the people that are not missing hugs because they still try and give hugs, <laughs> even though it's in COVID. <laughs> yeah. But we praise God for we praise God for those people too. Um, so praise God for that. Um, all right. So in like, if you had thirty seconds and you had something that you just wanted to share to your church family, I think you kind of just did a little bit. But if you had something um that you wanted to say. I want to give you the opportunity to kind of do that right now. Um, we have a family and it was it really showed we appreciate everybody's prayers. Thank you. Um, thank you for just being in our corner just to say, hey, how are you doing? Um, just just we love our family. We love our church family and we cannot wait till we're together again and we can sit this close in public, you know, yeah. and be be together. Right. Amen. Amen. So here, folks that are watching, you have living proof. All right. Living proof that God is still real. Living proof that God is still here. Living proof that God is not done. Living proof that God is still in our midst. Living yes. proof that God is still Amen. with our church. Living Hallelujah. proof that God is still doing his thing and he's not stopping and he is still out here and he has walking through this with us. And so we just wanted to use this small moment just to encourage you just to put just a smile on your face of just some good news. I think a lot of times we hear a lot of bad news and there's a lot of bad news that's going on right yeah. now. There's a lot of depressing news. There's a lot of um, things that can get us down. And uh, we just wanted to share something positive. This the fact that even in the midst of adversity, even in the midst of a bad time, even in the midst of yes. pain and struggle, um, God is still with us. And so I don't want you to only look at um, 
Rochelle and Naoka's story and what they've been through and their family and how they overcame and just, um, you know, clap and say, yay. But what I want you to do is I want you to look at their situation and say, if God did it for them, he can do it for me. If God yeah. brought them through what they were going through, he can do that same thing for me. And it might not be that you have COVID or somebody in your home might not have COVID. It might be another situation. Um, but whatever it is right now that you're experiencing, whatever you're struggling with, um, that you're like, man, I feel like uh, I'm just at my wits end. I don't know what to do next. Um, whatever that is, we want to make sure, you know, take that thing to the Lord and watch and see what God will do for you. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, uh, Rochelle. And thank you so much, Nayoka, for joining us. Sending hugs and kisses your way. (laughs) (laughs) Deal with me. Virtual hugs to them and everyone in the comments. Let's send hugs. Everyone send a virtual hug in the comments right now. Happy Sabbath once again, everyone. Listen, I hope you enjoyed that uh, that segment. Just something something new to want to try. Um, just for a little more connectivity, even virtually. Listen, y'all, this is hard. We ain't gonna try to, you know, try to miss words or act like you know keeping up with this virtual thing is easy. Um, it, it can be difficult. We're just trying to, to to change things up as as much as we can, just for that greater connection with you our church family, uh, Temple of Praise and Grace Community. So happy Sabbath to you all once again. Um, it's actually good to be back live with you. It's been it's been a while. Um, you know, we've been doing the drive-in thing and that was that was good. Um, we hope you've been enjoying the uh, pre-recorded uh, services and we've got some additions and changes that we'll be adding on that as well. But it's good to see so many of you here uh, worshiping with us today. So um, as you know, uh, the last couple of weeks, we have um, entered into a new series, a sermon series, teaching series, however you want to name it, um, that we began that has been fire so far. Listen, I know I'm not the only one who whose life has been changing as a result of what God has been doing uh, in us and through us uh, through this series that we've been engaged in. And the, the series title that we've been operating under is Enough is Enough. Come on, put that in the comment section, y'all. If you're with us on this Sabbath afternoon right now, um, we just need you to holler that in the comment section. You can put it in all caps. You can put it in italics, whatever you want to do. Um, just put in there, Enough is Enough. And myself, along with Pastor Regina, along with Pastor Myron, are so excited about this series because we just believe God is, is ready to say some, some new stuff, saying some good stuff to us uh, right from the word of God. And, and you've heard it before, but I kind of just want to give a short little a little synopsis, a backdrop as to what led us here. Obviously, we know that a major part of being in, um, in this virtual experience and in this pandemic is that a whole lot of what we do is, is virtual, right? Um, uh, there's been a heightened level of activity on social media. And as you can see, and as I can see, I've even been engaged in some before. There's a whole lot of discussion that that goes around in the virtual space. A lot of debates that begin to happen. A lot of words. Uh, this person saying this, that person saying that. I've said something. You said something. We've all said something, right? And at the end of the day, we came together. We were like, listen, we can spend time hearing from each other. We can spend time giving our own viewpoints as to what needs to be said. But at some point in time, like, listen, y'all. We got to find out what God says. Like, is anybody going to fill us at least on that? Where you're saying at some point, 
We got to hear what the word of God has to say. We need to hear what the voice of God has to say. And that's the impetus behind this series. We're not just calling other people out. We're saying even as it pertains to ourselves, enough's enough. Like we're ready to close our mouths and hear what thus saith the Lord, especially in a time like this in 2020. It's been crazy, y'all, from top to bottom. It's just been crazy. And we want to hear what you have to say, God, in a time like this. And so going back a couple of weeks, I was privileged enough to be able to open up our series. Uh, Pastor Myron came behind that and lit us on fire with the word of God. And so this series, really, we're just working through uh, these two books of First and Second Corinthians. These are powerful books that have a whole lot to say to the church and have a whole lot to say to our individual lives. And so today we're declaring once again, uh, this three-headed monster as it were, Pastor Regina, Pastor Myron, and myself, that enough is enough. We're ready to hear from the word of God, what he has to say. And today we're excited because once again, He's going to be doing that through his manservant, Pastor Myron Edmonds, who is going to come to us all the way from Oklahoma City, the captain, the pastor, the doctor, uh, the author, the the uh, the the, uh, the frustrated leader guru, right, himself. And the Lord is going to use him in a mighty way to bless us again. And so I'm just very excited for the word of God, and we're going to hear what he has to say through his servant. But before we do that, We do just want to take a moment to intentionally emphasize uh, a very important responsibility that I have, that Pastor Myron has, that Pastor Regina has, and that you have. And that is to be be obedient in our tithe and offering. Before we go any further, on behalf of them, we want to say to our church family, uh, thank you. Thank you for your obedience. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your support. Because... What we've been called to do in this space, even virtually, costs money. And because of your faithfulness in in tithe and in offering, uh, the ministry has been able to go forth. We know it's not the same as being in person, being able to touch one another, but we're grateful for what we've been able to do. And in large part, um, your support has helped us with that. And so I know that at both Temple of Praise and Grace Community, you can give by way of cash app. You can go to Adventist Giving and you can give that way. Um, You can find the links on uh, both of our websites. Um, You you can do it that way. And then we both have things set up by which we can collect tithe and offerings right from you. So we just wanted to take this time to emphasize the importance of being faithful to what God has asked us to do. And so uh, for for me, I don't think I I see the the page up there. So, uh, So for Temple of Praise, on our cash app, Uh, Temple of Praise SDA is our cash app handle. You can go to our website at www.topsda.net and you can find the Adventist giving link there. And I'm sure uh, through uh, Grace Community's page or we can put it in the in the in the chat. Um, But you should know by now um, the ways by which you can give to your church. And lastly, you do not have to be members of Grace Community or Temple of Praise to support what the Lord is doing at our churches. If you feel impressed to give, we're going to feel impressed to receive. Come on and say amen in this virtual place today. So we're going to have a word of prayer, and then we're going to turn this thing right over so that we can see what the Lord has in store for us. Lord, we thank you so much for this opportunity to give and this opportunity to receive. Lord, we're ready. Listen, we are salivating right now for your word, because we want to hear. No, we need to hear 
from you, God. So gird up your your manservant, give him the strength that he needs, touch his vocal cords, uh, his vocal cords, and help his voice to work the way that you need it to work. Um, and we just pray that that authenticity, that passion that normally comes forth when you are using him will be no different today. Take us to higher heights is my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. <laughs> Hey, Pastor Nate said, pray for his voice. And Saints are like, uh-oh, his voice is like that. <laughs> uh, yes, come on, come on in, everybody. Thank you, Pastor Regina, for reminding me to unmute my uh unmute my um uh, oh, microphone. Yeah. Hey, listen, y'all. Um, in the chat right now, I want you to acknowledge whether you have shared or not. And while you're doing that, I want you to join me. We're gonna be going to the book of First Corinthians, chapter five. Listen, the book of Corinthians, this is where we've been. This is kind of where we have laid our hats. Pastor uh, Pastor Drew, uh, like open this thing up. Listen, man, if y'all started reading Corinthians yet, raise your hand right now. If you don't put, put put a hand up, and say say yes. If you start reading the book of Corinthians, enough is enough is a series on Corinthians, and what we're essentially talking about is is hey, enough is enough. We are sick and tired not only of what's happening with or without the church, but we're also sick and tired of what's happening in our own lives. Like this is personal for us. It's not just corporate. We're not trying to cancel everybody. We're trying to cancel the mess in our own lives. Come on, say amen. And listen, we're, we're looking at the book of First Corinthians. So go there. First Corinthians, I want to strongly encourage you, if you've never read this book through before, uh, you need to do that. Like this is where we're going to be in Corinthians. And today we're going to First Corinthians 5. And one reason why I want to encourage you to read through the book is because you will, it will be hard to understand some of the stuff that we're going to be sharing if you don't understand the context of the whole book. And we just really don't have time to like break down the whole context in just one sermon sitting. But I want you all to be equipped in the word. I want you to be rightly dividing the word of truth so you'll know. Let's pray right now. Father in heaven, in the name of Jesus, as we get ready to open up your word, Father, we stretch forth our hands uh, we stretch uh, forth our hearts and our minds. Uh, Father, we know we're in a new space, different space. doesn't matter. People still hungry for the word. People still need to hear from God. And I just pray right now, in light of what I've got to talk about today, Lord, I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will take charge. I pray that in my imperfections, that in my uh, inability really to be able to, to declare the word of God with the kind of power that needs to be done, Lord, I need Jesus like to totally like help a brother out right now so that your people and so that your manservant, that all of us will be able to be rejoicing because we have been with the Lord. Thank you in advance of what you're going to do. In Jesus name, we pray. Amen. First Corinthians five, first Corinthians chapter five. And this is what the word of God says is it is from the new international version. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that even pagans do not tolerate. A man is sleeping with his father's wife. Somebody just put in the comments, incest, incest. There's some incest going on in the church. I'm just reading what the word of God says. Listen, a man is sleeping with his father's wife. Put that in the chat. A man is sleeping with his father's wife. Somebody ought to put in the chat, wow, like wow, like wow, wow. Anyway, the Bible goes on to say, and you are proud. And you're proud. And listen, he said, you're proud about it. He said, <laughs> he said shouldn't you rather have gone into mourning and I put out of your fellowship the man who has been doing this. Verse three, Paul goes on. For my part, even though I am not physically present, I am with you in spirit as one who is present with you in this way. 
I have already, Paul says, I've already passed judgment in the name of our Lord Jesus on the one who has been doing this. Paul says, I passed judgment. I'm telling you straight up. Verse four. So now, so when you are assembled, I am with you in spirit and the power of the Lord Jesus is present. What's this, y'all? Again, he says it. Verse five. Hand this man over to Satan. <laughs> this is crazy, right? Hand this man over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Strong language from the man who talks about grace himself. Paul, this is grace. This is the grace preacher. The grace preacher is Paul himself. If you ever read Roman, Paul said, put him out. Bible says in verse six, can I keep reading? It says, your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough? Verse seven, get rid of the old yeast so that you may be a new unleavened batch as you really are. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Verse eight, therefore, let us keep the festival, not with the old uh, bread leavened with malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Verse nine, stay here, y'all, stay here. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. Wow, this is strong. He said, I told you before, I do not want you associating with sexually immoral people. Now watch the caveat, verse 10, not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters. He says, in that case, you would have to leave this world. Come on, say amen, verse 11. But now I am writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or a sister, a believer, but is sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater or a slanderer, a drunkard or a swindler. Do not even eat with such people. Verse 12, last verse. What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? Verse 13, God will judge those outside. Expel the wicked person from among you. Woo-wee! Jesus. Oh, take a deep breath on that one. What a tough word from the Apostle Paul. And we really need to, we need to break this thing down so that we understand what's happening here. So one of the things that we see about this particular passage of scripture as it relates to the entire context of 1 Corinthians is that Corinthians is just, it's a problem church, y'all. There's a lot of stuff going on. This church started off well, but they have allowed divisions to come into the church. They have gotten into disputes. They're suing one another. They're fighting amongst one another. And what's really happening to the church of Corinth is that their reputation and their witness and their ministry is being compromised. Y'all, they're straight up losing credibility. Have you ever, have you ever seen like, 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 like bad advertising, like, like, like false advertising, right? You know, you, you see that picture of what you, you want to order at a restaurant and then you walk in. Literally, this just happened to me while I'm here on military duty. I went to a restaurant because I saw something on my app Yelp and I was like, oh my goodness, this is going to be so good. And when I got there and they gave me the food, it looked nothing like that's bad advertising or what we call false advertising. What Paul is concerned about, some of you experienced that. If you do, raise your hand. Paul is concerned about the witness of the church. Now, what is really happening here? So let's explain for a minute. Uh, in this passage of scripture, uh, we see, um, find the apostle Paul dealing with 
uh, a problem, a very real problem here in the church in Corinth. Um, these, uh, the church of Corinth is, is in the midst of this Greek city. Um, and, and we know the Greeks uh, were known for their gross immorality. Uh, we know especially that they even had a temple in the city of Corinth and the temple was dedicated to the uh, Greek God known as Aphrodite. Now, uh, now Aphrodite, you know, uh, we kind of have taken that term and used the term aphrodisiac, uh, look it up. Y'all know what that means, right? And so Aphrodite, the God of sexuality and fertility was a God that was worshiped in Corinth. And so therefore it was common. It was a common thing in that city that, 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 that the Christians, uh, were tempted, particularly in the area of sexuality, because this city was, was like a Las Vegas of its day. It was wild y'all. This city was buck wild, but yet God had people there. There were people that got saved. There were got people who got transformed, but it was very difficult for many of the Christians, particularly at Corinth, for them to break free from some of the habits and from the allurements and from the temptations that they were experiencing in this very tempting city called Corinth. And one of the things that Paul is especially concerned about is that the church does not become like Corinth. Many of these people had come out of that lifestyle. They had come out of that way. They had come out of some tough stuff and God saved them. God delivered them. God preserved them. God protected them. God transformed them. The grace of God literally did a marvelous work of deliverance in their lives. Can I get somebody to just lift their hands right now? Come on, somebody. Is there anybody that just wants to lift your hands in the comments? Just give God a praise right now that you are not who you used to be. Come on, you're not, not what you want to be, but we ought to praise him right now. Some of y'all have a hard time celebrating the good things God is doing in your life. Pastor Regima, uh, you, you, we read in the book, The Big Leap. Many of us are upper limiters, meaning that we won't even, we, we, we have a hard time celebrating good moments. We'll sabotage even the things that God has done in our lives. Many of us are allergic to celebrating the goodness of God, but can we just pause for a minute? I know you got a lot of stuff to complain about. There's a lot of stuff that you're mad about, but are, is anybody grateful right now that you're not who you used to be? Can anybody look back over your life and begin to praise God that God has changed some stuff in your life? Is there anybody glad about it that you won't, you don't cuss like you used to? <laughs> like you used to, come on. How many know that you won't cut a person like you used to? How many know that you done told off some folk when it's not as many as you used to? Amen, somebody, that there has been a change in your life. And Paul, because Paul is concerned, this is a pastor, y'all. This is a pastor who loves his people. This is a pastor who loves his congregation. He is concerned that that which they came out of, Lord have mercy, that's what that which God delivered them from, that they don't go back to it. Well, there's a situation. Somebody wrote Paul and told Paul, Paul, listen, man, I know you're not here, but there's some mess going on up in this church. Anybody know about church mess? If you know about church mess, somebody put it in the comments right now. I know about church mess. <laughs> now, see, it, what's funny is, is we all know about church mess, but can anybody ever own that they've been a, that they've been a mess? Now, you put that in there, too. So I, know, I, I know church mess. And I've been a mess. Well, 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 y'all, listen, I, I can't even believe that this is in the Bible, but it is what it is. Do you realize? Listen, y'all, listen, everybody listen to me right now. In the church of Corinth, Paul has to address a situation that he says that not even the pagans, not even the people in the streets, not even the people in worldly wicked Corinth. And I just told you how wicked Corinth was. Corinth was known for prostitution. Corinth was known for male prostitution and women prostitution. And they mixed it all with idolatry. In Corinth, it was okay 
to, 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 to get involved in whatever you wanted to do. It was all right. It was a part of their religion. Everybody, don't judge nobody. Everybody, do what you want to do. Enjoy yourself. However, y'all, however, what's going on inside the church, Paul says, was so bad that even the people in Corinth, listen, y'all, even the people in the world were like, I cannot believe that that's happening in the church. Come on. Can we talk for a minute? I know we talk grace and mercy. I know we talk the gospel. I know we talk forgiveness, but does not the church have an assignment? Don't we have an mission? Don't we have a responsibility? No, nobody's perfect. And the church will never be perfect, especially as long as I'm here. And as long as you're here, you ought to shout on that right now. The church will never be perfect because you're there. I said the church will never be perfect because you are there. However, we are striving, we are striving, we're striving, we're striving, y'all. We're striving to represent Christ. We got a mission and an assignment, and we're trying to pull people out of what they're in. And one of the things I've discovered about the world is the world often looks, looks, looks funny at the church because the church talks big about how we've been changed and transformed by Christ, but many of us don't look much different than we do the world. As a matter of fact, case in point here in Corinth, the church in Corinth actually looks worse than the world. There's stuff going on in the church in Corinth that even the folks in the streets in Corinth cannot believe that it's being tolerated, that it's being accepted, and that it's being approved and boasted of in the church. And so Paul is dealing with two things here. He's dealing with two things here. First, Paul is not only dealing with the wickedness that's happening in the church, but more importantly, Paul is mainly concerned about the church's attitude towards the wickedness. Somebody put that in the comments right there. Listen, Paul is really mad, not so much about what's going on in the church, and I'm going to talk about it in a second, but he is more especially mad about the attitude of believers toward the wickedness. Listen, I'm, I, I, Lord, help my... Help. <laughs> Listen, y'all, listen, 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 listen. It, it is critical for us as a church to never get to a place. Listen, we believe in grace. Come on, we grace community. Temple of Praise believes in grace. Come on, say amen, because we are all partakers of grace. Not once, not twice. Come on, say it, but over and over and over again. Matter of fact, the word says his mercies are new every morning. Right now, I'm a recipient of grace. Right now, I'm walking in grace. If God wanted to, he can strike me down right now while I'm preaching. He could take my life while I'm preaching, and he'd be just in doing it because there's near one of us that's righteous. The Bible says there is no one that is righteous. No, not one. The church will never be full of perfect people. We preach grace. We preach mercy. Come on, say amen. We preach and believing and giving folks second and third and fourth and fifth and another chance because all of us get those chances. We ought not ever get to the other extreme. And many of us have come out of the other extreme of where the church was always putting people out of the church. The church was always talking about what folks were doing. You had all these religious police running around trying to tell people what to do and telling them what they should wear and, and pointing out their sins and pointing out their faults. That was another extreme, but we can't go to the opposite extreme, to where the church now is okay with sin. The church now is so open-minded and the church now is so tolerant and the church now is so, is so relevant that we are okay with sin, that we've got excuses for sin. And Paul is really mad, y'all. Hear me now, hear me now. And we got to talk about it. Paul is really mad. Mm, not so much of what's happening. I gotta, I'm going to talk about it in a minute. But Paul is mad at the response of the church to what is happening in the church. Okay, so let's talk about what's happening in the church. In the church of Corinth, y'all. All right, listen to this. Yes, it, it, and, and listen, this is so real. I don't know whether I'm talking about Corinth or whether I'm talking about modern, uh, what, what, talking about Cleveland. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know where I'm talking about Corinth or we talking about California. I don't know we're talking about Corinth, we talking about Florida. I don't know we're talking about Corinth, we talking about, I don't know, your house or my house. But there are a number of people sleeping around in the church. There are a number of people sleeping around in the church and they are going down, members of the church, to the temple of Aphrodite and they are sleeping with prostitute, male prostitutes, women prostitutes, and worshiping idols while retaining membership and attending the church of Corinth. But the thing that has everybody talking, the thing that has everybody like blown that this is happening in the streets is that there's one guy in the church and he's sleeping with his stepmother. Okay, okay, okay. He's sleeping with his mama. <laughs> his stepmama. He's sleeping with his father's wife. Now, uh, if we analyze this carefully, we see that Paul, he's coming after this wickedness, this behavior, this incestuous relationship that is happening with a member of the church. Now, notice Paul attacks the man, but Paul does not come for the woman. More than likely, it is because the woman is not a member of the church. I want you to understand this now. The woman is not a member of the church, so there is no strong word of rebuke for the woman. The only words of rebuke that Paul has is has for this man and he has for the church. And so the scripture says that literally that this dude is sleeping with his daddy's wife in the church and that the church, y'all, is boasting about it. Let me get my Bible out because we're going to have to walk back to the scriptures on this because I got to show you some stuff. And, 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 the, and what's worse, Lord have mercy, what's worse about this is that the people in the church are saying it's okay. Uh, go ahead back to the scriptures. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. The Bible says in verse 1, it says, it is actually, I want you to see it with your own eyes. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that even the pagans don't tolerate. A man is sleeping with his father's wife. Verse 2, and you are proud. And it, it, come on now. He says, look, so the problem I'm having, he says, is that this dude who is a believer is involved in immorality that not even is seen in the world, that the world would even say is wrong. But in the church, y'all okay with it. He says, and y'all sitting around boasting about it. You're affirming it. You're tolerating it. Y'all have gotten to a level of open-mindedness. You think because of the gospel that you're free in the gospel. You think that because of grace now, that grace is so, uh, that, that, that grace, grace is so bottomless that literally grace will cover anything. And I believe this. Listen, there is not a sin that grace won't cover. But grace does not oh, does not cover that presumptuous stuff. Are you, he are you hearing me now? Woo! He's saying, what is happening here? They are saying, we are free in Christ. <laughs> this is what the folks are saying. We are free in Christ. This brother is free in Christ, so he is free to do whatever he wants to do. See, there was a theology in that day in the church that kind of snuck in the church. It was called Gnosticism. Bear with me, y'all. Gnosticism basically was the idea that you are little gods. That basically, in a sense, that can't nobody really tell you what to do. That is your business. Is this not what we are seeing in our world today? Don't nobody want nobody to tell them nothing about how they're living. Listen, I'm not talking about judgment. I'm not talking about coming for people's lives. I'm not talking about cancel culture, but I'm talking about I love you so much that I'm not willing to let you destroy your life. How many want somebody? How many need accountability? Listen, some of you know that I had my own struggles with pornography early on. Come on, I've talked about it. I've shared with you. I've started ministries concerning it. And one of the things that I needed to help me to get free is I needed men of accountability that would hold my feet to the fire, that I would live right and righteously, that I would 
honor my wife, that I would honor my children. And the fact of the matter is, is one of the things that we are lacking in our society today is we are lacking, especially in the church, is we are lacking accountability. And everybody feels like whatever they do is their business. It's nobody's business as believers and that they can do whatever they want. And this was the mindset in the church of Corinth. And the folks in Corinth literally were coming to church, having worship, taking up communion, rejoicing in the goodness and the grace of God while there was a dude in the church that was sleeping with his daddy's wife and everybody is okay with it. And Paul is upset. Paul is grieved. Paul is hurting because Paul knows that he preached and labored for folks to come out of that lifestyle. Paul preached and he labored for folks to come out of where they came from and, and to see them going backwards and to see them getting caught up into being deceived in what they did. And notice what Paul says. I want you to see what Paul says. Paul says there, watch this y'all, watch the strong language. Paul says in verse two, he says, and you are proud. Shouldn't you have, have gone into mourning and have put out of your fellowship the man who has been doing this? He says, you ought to put him out. In verse three, he says, for my part, even though I am not physically present, he says, as one who is present with you, I've already passed judgment. He says, I've already passed judgment. Verse four, he says, so when you are assembled, I am with you in spirit and the Lord Jesus is with you. He said, when y'all come together, he says, hand this man over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. All right, so let's break this down. Let's break this down. I'm going to drop just what's happening here. What is Paul saying here? What does this mean here? Because I know this got to be scaring a lot of y'all. <laughs> Listen, because this is sex. This, the issue right here is incest today. But, but literally, what is the church's response to this? Because this is Paul's concern. How are we, in, how are we responding to sin? All right, there's a couple of things. A couple of things I want to point out very quickly. Listen, number one, Paul's concern, first and foremost, is the arrogance and the acceptance instead of the grieving and the mourning of sin. You see, but what Paul believes, Paul believes, and this is, and this is, and this, we have to understand this. Listen, those of you who are raising your children, those of you who are raising children, or those of you who have a spouse or a loved one, and you see them in a bad behavior, I have a relative right now that is addicted to drugs, addicted to methamphetamines, and, and, and when you see somebody struggling, when you see them held captive, I mean, you're, you, you, you don't look at them with judgment because you, you love them, you look at them with concern, you, you grieve for them, but you don't tolerate it, you don't say it's okay, you don't rejoice that they're destroyed their lives you don't you, you you don't you don't praise them for their open-mindedness you don't praise them for their freedom because you know that their freedom is going to end up destroying them and so Paul is saying what you're doing in the church is you're accepting and you're approving it and by doing that you're complicit in their own destruction and so Paul says, Paul says, y'all, he says, you should be mourning instead. You should be grieving over this thing. The second thing that Paul says he says he says you're putting up with it instead of putting him out. Let's talk now Paul is saying in no uncertain terms, y'all, that this man ought to be put out of the church. I would call some names right now. I'd call some names right now. But the truth of the matter is there's some things. Come on, your R. Kelly type situations. Come on, many of the things that we've been seeing with the with 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 uh, uh, with, with, the, with the movement of women, the Me Too movement, etc. There have been some things. Come on, let's be honest. Let's talk, y'all. There have been some things that have happened in the church by people in the church with influence and power. There have been things that have happened behind closed doors because, and we've been afraid to address it because of who they are, who they're connected to, what they know about you. Hmm. And we have put up with stuff in our churches. Girls have been mistreated. Girls have been raped. Girls have been groped. Girls have been harassed. 
Come on, somebody, by people, and we know it, and we laugh about it, many of us. Many of us just say, oh, that's just how this person is. That's just how he is. Let's call it out right now. The Lord says that kind of behavior, that kind of behavior should not, should not be tolerated. The word of God says when a person is behaving like that, the word says, put them out. Y'all not hearing me now. Y'all not hearing me now. Understand now, the Bible gives us a pattern for that. Matthew 18, the word says if you go to somebody and they're misbehaving, he says you go to them one-on-one. -on -one, and then if they don't hear you, you bring somebody else. And, and then if they don't hear you again, you take them before the church. We have to assume that in this case, this man is so bold, he is so brazen that he's going to sleep with his daddy's wife and continue to take up leadership in the church and influence in the church. And, every, and everybody in the church is too scared to say something to him. Too scared to confront it. Paul says, I'm telling you right now, put him out. Give him over to Satan. Now, what does he mean by give him over to Satan? Basically, what Paul is saying is, is put him out of the church, out of the ark of safety. And, and, and considering that he's not in the church, that means he has now been given to Satan. In other words, let me tell you right now, one of the things about sexual sin in particular is that generally it feels good. Now, come on, y'all gonna sit up there. Let me take a sip right now because y'all gonna sit up here and act like, you know, come on, you in the thread now. Don't nobody see your face, but go ahead and blush if you need to. But one of the reasons why it was so hard for us to leave sin is because it felt good. Like now, now come on, talk to me right now. Come on, it wasn't good for you, but it was good to you. I wish I had some help in here right now of folks that would be honest right now. You're drawn to it because you like it. And, and, and I heard one of my preacher friends, Pastor Michael Hayes, thank you for this insight. Pastor Michael Hayes said to me, he said, one of the reasons why Paul is saying deliver him over to Satan is basically deliver him over to the consequences, deliver him over to the pain of his behavior, because sometimes there are certain sins that we ain't going to never walk away from. We ain't going to never leave until we receive the consequences of what we've been experiencing. And somebody got to go to jail. Lord have mercy. Somebody gonna have to catch a disease. Y'all not hearing me. Somebody gonna have to, somebody's gonna get hurt or somebody's gonna lose something. And that's what Paul is saying. He's saying, if they're not gonna be convinced by the gospel, they're sitting up in the church. They're hearing the word. they listen to preaching. That's not changing them. Put them out. Put them on the street. Get them out of the church so that the Holy Ghost can work on them through consequences. And the way he phrases it is give them over to Satan. Why? So that, look at the text, y'all. It says, look at the text, y'all. Come on, look at the text, y'all. It says, so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. Lord, have mercy. He's, oh, God, have mercy. Paul is still redemptive. He's saying, listen, the church ain't working for him. And he's living a lie. Put him out the church and then the Lord can get to him. Lord have mercy. Some folks going to get saved out the church because they've been in church and they've been hearing the word and they've been receiving the worship, but it ain't been changing them. And sometimes it takes consequences. Can I get a witness out there? Somebody keep it 100. Some of y'all had to go through some stuff. You put yourself in bad situations. You made some dumb decisions and the word wasn't changing you and the Bible studies wasn't changing you and, and the words from your mother and your father and, the, and all that stuff wasn't convincing you, but the streets did. The consequences did. The hospital room did. Somebody bless your name, bless his name right now. And that wasn't designed to kill you, <laughs> but that was designed to save you. Even when you've been put out, God puts a little mercy in there so that Satan can't totally take you out. God put enough mercy in there so that you can come to your senses and that you can turn your life around. I want to bless him right now that the Lord could have killed me and he didn't kill me. Just because you got put out and just because you need to get put out doesn't mean that you're dying. Doesn't mean you're out of the ark of safety. Sometimes it's a strategy to help a person come to their senses. Yes, the church should put people out. Why? So that their souls can be saved. And what are we talking about? We're talking about this bold, brazen, uh, we, uh, 
Uh, are y'all hearing me now? We're not. We're talking about a person who is not struggling in sin. We're talking about a, a person who is boasting in their sin. You can't tell them nothing. This is what I'm going to do, and you're going to go ahead along with it. The Lord says, put them folks out the church. And it's not just sexual sin, as we'll see in a minute. It's all kinds of sins where we are bold and brazen in our mess, and can't nobody tell us nothing because of our status and because of what kind of power we have. Oh, the Holy Ghost says that your soul won't get saved in the church. Sometimes you got to be put out. Come on and hear somebody. Uh, the next thing, the next thing Paul says is, he says a little leaven, he said a little leaven uh, leavens the whole lump. In other words, he says, listen, this sinning person in the church is like a piece of yeast. Many of us think that the, 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 uh, what we do does not affect anybody else. Paul is saying to the contrary. He says this behavior is seeping through the whole church to now where everybody is okay with it. And it affects the power of the church. Many of us want to know why people ain't getting saved and, and, why, and, and why the church doesn't have power. And when we pray, prayers ain't getting answered because there's Achan's in the church. You read the Old Testament. Y'all remember Achan? Y'all remember Achan? God said destroy Jer uh, Jericho. He said, but don't touch nothing. And Achan, he decided to take something anyway. And, and, and Israel went out to war and, and, the, and, the, and everybody was getting killed and they didn't know why. And the Lord said, that's because there's somebody in the camp that has done something treacherously. It is possible, hear me now, that churches could be held back. Families could be held back because of secrets, because of lies, because of sins that are being committed in the body of Christ that are bold and brazen and that are accepted and tolerated, that are hurting the, the, the power, that's hurting the mission, that's hurting the credibility of the church. Every church is not equal. There are some churches that are going to be powerful because they deal with sin. And there are other churches that are not going to be powerful because they refuse to deal with sin. They refuse to preach against it. And in these churches that we are pastoring, we got to preach against it. We can't, we can't tolerate this mess. Not this bold and brazen stuff. I ain't talking about folks struggling. We all struggling. I'm struggling. Come on. I preach this very carefully today. But there is some stuff that we have tolerated in the church. And Paul says, he says it's influencing the church. The next thing he says is, he says, y'all need to celebrate differently. Y'all are celebrating sin. You need to be celebrating Christ. You need to be celebrating the blood. He said, but instead you're, you're celebrating, you're high-fiving this brother because he's able to pull this thing off and get away with it. And then lastly, the thing Paul says is, he says, you should not associate with believers who are immoral. Whoa. Paul is literally saying, look now, look, I want you to see this. I want you to see it real quick. Mm, mm, Lord have mercy. He says here in, in verse in verse nine, verse nine, he says, I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. Notice what he said, look, man, if you do that, you ain't, listen, from the pastor on down, we shouldn't associate with anybody. But know what he said in verse 10, he says, not at all, meaning the people of this world who are immoral or the greedy and the swindlers or idolaters. He says, in that case, you would have to leave this world. <laughs> Can you imagine? Listen, Paul is not saying, listen, don't associate with people in the world who are sinners because we would. Hey, listen, you couldn't associate with yourself. Come on, say that. You wouldn't be able to go nowhere. <laughs> Come on, say that. But notice what he says now. He says, but I, he said, uh -uh. he says, but now I am writing you, uh, writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or a sister, but is sexually immoral, greedy, an idolater, a slanderer, come on, he's calling it all out, a drunkard or a swindler. Do not even eat with such people. What does he mean by eat? He specifically talk about communion. Do not share in breaking bread of the Lord's Supper. Do not be celebrating the grace and mercy of God over sin. Why are you celebrating this? Why is he saying this? Understand this now. Christ wants us to grieve at sin. We can never get to a place where we are accepting of sin. Let me tell you why. Because this is the very thing that Christ died for. 
Christ died and became sin so that we would not have to receive the consequences and the punishment of sin. How are you going to turn around and accept the cross and its grace to defeat sin and defeat sin's power and enjoy and, 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 and boast about your sin? Come on, somebody, and tolerate the sin. Listen, it's sin in me, but I ain't celebrating it. Come on now. Everybody in here got something inside it, but we're not boasting about it. But the problem is that many of us, we love to come down on other people's sins, but we won't come down on our own stuff. Or depending on who the person is, we are will depend on what our response is to it. And in this case, it is my belief that this is a person of influence who is carrying on like this, and they've allowed him to do it. And Paul is saying, you're allowing them to disrespect the cross because you are tolerating and celebrating and boasting in your sin. All right, some, some, some three, three points and we're done. Three points. Number one, number one, supporting, not struggling with sin is a slap in the face of the death of Christ. I just said it. Supporting and sh not struggling. I said supporting, not struggling, supporting, supporting. Come on now. We got to listen. Don't become like the world out here all open minded on some of this stuff is wrong. Let me call it out right now. Sin is still sin. And I'm talking about the sin in me and the sin is you. It is still sin. Doesn't matter how we got it. Doesn't matter what the situation was. Doesn't matter what the context is. It still put Christ on the cross. So supporting it is a slap in the face of the cross, but struggling with it is the process of a believer. We all struggle with it. The good that I want to do, I, I don't find myself doing. The, uh, and evil is always present with me. Paul even said, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? We all struggling, but we're struggling forward. We're falling forward. Come on. We're accepting the grace of Christ. We're repenting. Matter of fact, you want to know what a saved person does? A righteous man falls seven times, but he keeps getting up. See, Save people repent. Save people don't tolerate sin. They repent of sin. Hmm. Number two, the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Go to 1 Corinthians 6. This is our last text. Go to 1 Corinthians 6. Here's our last text. This is my shout text right here, y'all. Y'all, 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 y'all forgive me because I feel the Holy Ghost about to come up in. Ooh, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. All right, here it is. 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6. Oh, thank you, Jesus. 1 Corinthians 6. Uh, let's go around to verse, uh, verse, uh, verse number, verse number seven. It says, um, verse number, verse number nine, rather. It says, or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? He says, do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, listen now, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, this is Bible, y'all, nor the greedy, nor the drunkards, nor the slanderers, nor the swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. There it is. But watch what he says here. <laughs> he says, oh, this is good. He says, and that is what some of you were. Lord have mercy. I love how the King James Version says it. He says, and that's the King James Version. It says, and such were some of you. He says, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of God. Come on. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. He gives a list and he calls out everything. He's calling it all out. Paul is equating sexual immorality with slandering and gossip. Listen, folks, gossiping in the church and they're not ashamed of it and they're not repenting of it. Paul says, listen, if they're going to continue in their ways and be boastful about it, put them out. 
He says, because it's hurting the church. It's hurting its influence. It's hurting its witness. This is the word of God. But then the last point that he makes, and this is what he says. He says, and such were some of you. Lord God, help me to preach this thing today. In other words, he said, listen, the reason why you ought to be, the reason why you ought to be like, like not tolerating this is because you know it had you, but you got out. Can I lean in here some, to somebody right now? And, and can they be honest and say on this list, I, I see myself, come on, say amen. A liar, a cheater, come on, an adulterer, come on, immoral, come on, a slanderer, a gossiper, come on, hateful, hmm, embittered, come on, what were you? I don't know what you did, where you did, why you did it, but you know where God pulled you out of and you know what God sets you from. And the Lord was saying, I wanna remind you, Paul says, this was what you used to be. <clears throat> Title of my sermon today, y'all, is enough is enough. That ain't me. Come on. It ain't me no more. Listen, I might still struggle, but that ain't my identity. My identity is washed. My identity is cleansed. My identity is, 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 is sanctified. My identity is justified. I'm not claiming that old life anymore. The Lord pulled me out of that old life, and I ain't going back. Come on. Somebody ought to shout right now in the chat. Tell hell I'm not coming. Tell hell I'm not coming. I done made up my mind to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turn. Paul says, he says, listen, you ought to remember where the Lord brought you from. You ought to remember that that thing almost killed you. You ought to remember how dumb you were when you were in your sins, how stupid you were when you were in your mess. The stuff that you put yourself into, the stuff you put your family through, the stuff that you put your own self through, how you couldn't hardly get out, how you prayed to get out and the devil wouldn't let you out. But thanks be to God that the Lord pulled his hand in the midst of your mess and pulled you out. The Lord said, how am I going to pull you out? And you're going to be okay with other folks getting in. <laughs> Grieve over it. Mourn over it. Love them back in. Come on, say amen. Be gracious to people back in, but don't sit up there and tolerate it. Why? Because you know that it could have killed you, but God saved you. It could have took you out, but God delivered you. Anybody know right now that sin is something that we ought to hate? Sin is something we ought to despise because it destroys families, it destroys lives, it destroys people, it destroys your mind, it takes things away from you that you can never get back. But how many want to praise him right now that everything that the devil stole, God gave you back with grace and he gave you even more than you had before. Woo! Bless his name. Right now, y'all, listen, the mindset of a believer is this. Understand now, Paul is dealing pastorally. Paul is saying, listen, we love, we, we, are, we are of a gracious heart and a gracious mindset. As a matter of fact, if you look in Galatians, the sixth chapter, he says that we ought to restore, seek to restore one another in grace. Mercifully, we do this. We don't do this with judgment. We don't do this as if we're above somebody, but we don't want folks to be lost either. We, if we really love one another, we'll hold one another accountable. And Paul says that you ought not judge people in the world, that's God's job, but church people ought to judge one another's behaviors. We don't judge one another's motives, but it is perfectly appropriate for the church to judge one another's behaviors. Why? Because we want to hold one another accountable because we have a mission to accomplish. We have stuff to do. We have people to be saved and we ain't going to pull them out of that mess and bring them back into a mess to where it's okay to be in the mess. Come on, somebody bless him right now. How many thank God that he pulled you out and you ain't trying to go back no more? Oh, your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, uh, there's somebody and you're watching. Listen to me right now. Just put in the comment. I don't know who you are. Maybe the Lord convicted you like he convicted me and simply saying, Lord, I'm, I repent. Somebody put in the comments. I repent. C call your stuff out right now. Say, Father, I repent. 
I repent. I'm coming to you, Father. I'm coming to you, Father, saying, Lord, come into my life right now. Mm, before I start sweeping around somebody else, I'm asking you, Lord, to fix me, Lord, to cleanse me. And then on the other hand, we must acknowledge if we really love people, if we really love people, we will not see them stay in their mess and say nothing to them. We don't say it with judgment. We say it with love and with grace and with pleading. Don't do this to yourself. Don't do this to your family. Don't do this to your loved ones. Don't do this to yourself. Uh, the word of God says that, the, that the, the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God. We care for one another. We love one another. We don't sit around and just ain't none of my business. Not in the church. Not because their blood will be on our hands. Is there somebody right now that's watching that needs to be baptized or rebaptized? Just put it in the comment. Pastor, I need to be baptized. Pastor, I need to be rebaptized. Pastor, I need to give my life to the Lord. Pastor, I, God has been too good to me for me to be tolerating sin and for me to be staying in my mess. I've received grace. I want to give grace. I've received redemption. I want to give redemption. This is about restoration, y'all. We preaching restoration right now, but you can't have restoration without accountability. Father, in the name of Jesus right now, we just pray right now all over these airways. Somebody is watching. Somebody heard a word today. I, as a pastor, am convicted. Lord, we have all been timid. We have all been timid to have these conversations. We've all been timid. We've all not really cared about one another. That's really the issue. And we're praying right now, God, that a spirit of, of loving accountability, of restoration, of wanting really people to live their best lives and not destroy their lives will, will, will become the atmosphere of our churches. Lord, people are trying to be set free from things that we are tolerating and celebrating in the church. Lord, God, help us. Lord, God, forgive us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What a word. Pastor Drew, we can't, Pastor Drew, I can't hear you well. I can't hear you well, but what a word. What a word that was, Pastor. Thank you so much for blessing us. <laughs> um, I say blessing us for blessing us and, check, and checking us. For blessing us and checking us. If, you're, if you agree with me in the comments, just go on ahead and say <laughs> thank you for the blessing and the checking. Uh, I see people right now are, you know, amen, amen in the comments. Uh, we are with you. Uh, Pastor. Yes. Yep. Uh, yeah, we can hear you, brother. Yeah, yeah. Um, listen, that, that was that was such a time time for, and I don't want to gloss over that because you know, and, and give and give thought to this idea that everybody who was tuned in and watching has already gone through the process of repenting, giving themselves the Lord, letting them do the only people. This moment before we move any further, because this this was too pivotal of a message for us to allow to fall through the fact that you are somebody and you're watching this. Maybe this is your first time hearing what you heard right now, and something in you is saying that that you need to take this thing one step further. You receive the word, it, it's not a logical place in your heart, you'll never be the same again. We want to capitalize on this moment and we want to get you the opportunity to go one step further with God. And so what we're saying, you know what the virtual space, uh, we can't lay hands on you and pray with you in, the, in, in person right now. But what we can do, we don't want to lose this moment. And we know God is the one to lose this moment. We want to tell you right now, you can find myself, Regina, Pastor Regina, Pastor Myron, 
on on Facebook. You go right to our individual pages in our inbox. You can put something in there saying, "Listen, I I, I want Bible study. I need somebody to contact me because I want special prayer. I want to be baptized. I want to give my life to the Lord." Yes. The first time, for the first time. We don't want this moment to pass, okay? And so you can go right to our inbox and put something in there if need be, but we wanna make sure that everybody leaves this stream with the assurance, with the assurance that our lives have been given to God. And so we just wanna make sure that we state that and we mean that, we mean that, right? Woo! Amen, amen. Listen, all right, uh, all right, Pastor. I'm talking about Barons now, right? Because that, that <laughs> listen, listen, listen. I, I I saw myself all up and through there. Listen, this ain't no superiority complex. This ain't no us speaking down to you all that this is you all's problem, not ours. Listen, we listen between the three of us combined, we got enough sin, uh, you know, to make <laughs> to make the Lord cry, right? <laughs> um, we're right in the same boat as you are, just trying to get better in the Lord with each step of the way. Uh, Pastor Regina, I, you know, I know, I know, uh, we want, I want to give Pastor Myron a little a little break on this one because he just broke the word of God down to us. But but you and I were here, right? They couldn't see us, but we were here in the yeah. background. Uh, you know, blessing the name of the Lord and listening to this word as well. And I wanted to just take a moment, uh, not too much time, but just a moment, just to share one thing, one thing that really kind of stood out to us that we resonated with. Um, I don't want to put you on the spot, so I'll just go ahead and share something and then I'll turn okay. it over, <laughs> over to you. Um, and, and it's and it's this, it's this. And one of these things, you know, we, we've heard, we've heard before, but one of the things that resonated with me what were these two extremes that Pastor Myron was talking about? You know, one that's that's so judgmental that we want to kick everybody out. And then, you know, on the other extreme, this idea that everything is permissible. We just want to be liked and we and we we want to make sure that everybody feels accepted. And so we're just accepting everything, right? And then he he hit me with this dagger, hit me with this dagger that said that it could be that uh that our church community. Grace Community, Temple of Praise, Temple of Praise, whatever your is, right? Like it could be that our churches are missing out on things that God desires to do in us because of our toleration and celebration of sin. And I just shudder to think about all the things I've missed in my personal life, all the things I've missed out on in my churches because we've been so tolerable of sin. And, and so, and so... Uh, so scared to call sin by its right name, and so listen, uh, Pastor Myron, that that was a, that was a word in in due season, and it's my prayer that we would take heed to it. Pastor Gina, what's it out to you? Yeah, um, man, I I completely agree with you, uh, Nate. Um, just that those those extremes, I can resonate with that. I think for me, kind of what was just hopping out is just that whole place where it's just like. I don't care. <laughs> like, like I'm sinning and I'm accepting it. <laughs> like what? Like how, how do we, how do we get there? But uh, I don't know if you want to admit it in the comments, if you've been there before, but I mean, it gets to a place where it's just like, you know, sometimes it's just like, huh, yeah, I'm doing this. And it's just like, you don't care. And, when you get to that place of of acceptance, I, I saw um, I think it was Twyla, somebody, one of the comments that came up on the screen, and it was talking about um, it said I'm I'm sending it, I'm posting it on Facebook. Like, I mean, I got to the place where I'm just like, yo, like this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm about to be about, and goes back to that 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 what Pastor was talking about is just like, and you can't judge me because you know I mean that's 
Listen, that is like one of the favorite, it's a favorite church line. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's, <laughs> that is one of the favorites of a church line. You can't judge me. Oh, they just judging me. I'm leaving the church because they judging me. It's always judging, judging, judging. Um, you know, and we just, we will harp on that and then we'll I'm get on this. How, yeah, I can do what I want. And uh, at the same time, I can do what I want. And this is a, a boldness of I'm a sin and I'm a post about it. And you can't say nothing about it. And if you try to do anything to help me, well, then you're judging and you're sinning and you're going to hell for trying to help me be a better person. I, you know, so it's just that's it's, it's, it's a hard word, but it's a real word. Um, you know what I'm saying? We're just like so that that's kind of what hopped off at me. Like, man, um, I've, I've you know, I've definitely been in that place where it's just like this is what I'm going to do. And I don't care. So it's just like really like a check. That's why I said thank you, Pastor, for that blessing. But also. Thanks for the checking, right? Because <laughs> it's just like, okay, well, check me then. Why don't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, I think I think we just don't know how to hold one accountable how, how to hold one another accountable well. We only know how to do the extremes that you said, but but love is not gonna let I mean, if I love either one of you guys, I'm not gonna let y'all destroy your lives, you know, and on account of toleration and on account account of you know, be me being gracious and not being judgmental. On the flip side, I'm not going to wound you with words yeah. and with a judgmental spirit. Uh, but that's all we generally talk about. We really don't give biblical guidance for how to deal with stuff. And let's be honest, in this case, it was a man committing incest, but he also called out slandering. He called out gossip. There was a lot of stuff he called out. And I'll be honest with you. I really believe that God's power is not visible in many of our churches um, to be able to do great things for him because we have tolerated people in positions of power, people with influence, people with money, people who just happen to know dirt on us. We just, for whatever the reason, we just will not, people in positions of leadership, pastors even. Listen, man, we've talked about this. There's some stuff that has gone on in the church for years. Mm -hmm. And on account of us, I don't know, just not wanting to be judgmental or just wanting to mind our business, we are literally not helping people to be saved. And Paul said, put the dude out on the street and let Satan deal with him. He has a better chance of being saved with Satan than he does in the church. Think about that. And that, oh, that's so like, that's so crazy because it's like, we have this complex. I feel like I'm about to change the subject, but I don't know. It's coming to me. We have this complex where it's just like, we, we, I guess, like we have to save, we have to save the person, right? Like we, it, we, we, I don't know if it's a pride thing where it's just like, where we have to go that extra mile to not even allow, if Christ is saying, okay, let, let them go. If Christ is saying like, allow them to go through this process, if that's where they have to go, but we won't let it go for, for something with, with our own egos. You see what I'm saying? Where we're trying now trying to interfere with what, with that process. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Listen, we could be here. We could be here all day, but 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 we're we're gonna cut things off right now. We pray that you have been have been blessed, um, that, that you feel your spirit lifted as a result of this experience that we've gone through, and we look forward to worshiping with you again next week, same place, same time, twelve thirty. Let's end with a word of prayer. Uh, Lord, we just say thank you so much for what you've done. You've been far better to us than we deserve. We thank you for the word and for using your manservant once again as you've done so many times in the past. Bless your people. Check your people so that we can become uh, who you would have for us to be. Bless us as we go throughout another week with our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you, family.